Today with Catherine Ruinala. Well, praise the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. Thank you, Lord, that you make a way where there seems to be no way. Father, I thank you that you are good, that you are always good. Father, it is who you are. And Lord, I ask for a revelation today for everyone watching, that they would know your goodness, that they would know your mercy in the holy and the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Well, hallelujah. I'd love to share with you today from a passage here in the book of Joshua. And now, I remember um, Tom and I had the privilege of going to Washington um, in the US and going to the uh, Bible Museum, the Smithsonian Bible, Museum of the Bible. And one of the things though that I loved, there were so many wonderful, wonderful things there. It was really amazing actually, spectacularly done. And, um, but one of the things that really struck me was um, 12 big memorial stones piled up on each other and um, as, a, as a picture of the memorial stones that the Israelites built to remember the crossing of the Jordan. And seeing it at, tangibly in front of me um, as, a, as a picture of what it would have been like was so encouraging because memorial stones have a big part in my story and they're very important for me. And I wanna share a little bit about that with you today. You can have a look here and pick up the story in Joshua chapter three. And we know that the Israelites are about to cross over into the promised land. Having wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, they're about to cross over. And it's very exciting. The Lord speaks to Joshua and he tells him what he wants to do. And so we'll pick it up here in verse 14 of chapter three. So when the people set out from their tents to cross the Jordan with the priests, carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the Lord, uh, before the people, and when those who carried the Ark came into the Jordan and the feet of the priests carrying the Ark were dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflows all its banks all the days of harvest. The waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those which were flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah and the Salt Sea were completely cut off. So the people crossed opposite Jericho. And the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan, while all Israel crossed on dry ground until all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan. It's an amazing miracle. They tell us clearly here that they were crossing during the time of harvest, and during the time, all the days of harvest, the Jordan actually overflows its banks. It was a fiercely flooding river. And the moment the priests put their feet in the water, immediately the waters rolled back all the way to a town called Adam. Now, I can't help but look at that with types and shadows and think that's amazing. The picture of the Israelites crossing the Jordan River can be seen as a type or shadow 
of us crossing over from death to life in Jesus, when we, in Jesus who makes the way for us, uh, allows us to cross over into the promise of salvation and freedom and righteousness. And he rolls back everything uh, and the sin and death that would so easily entangle rolled all the way back to a place called Adam. And you know, the, through the work of the cross, everything that we inherited right back to the sin of Adam, the sinful nature, is rolled back. And listen to this, they walked across on dry ground in that the waters didn't hinder them, they didn't overcome them, and they didn't hinder them. And sin is rolled all the way back through Jesus so that right back to Adam, to our sinful nature, it's so that we are born again into the nature of Christ, hallelujah. And we can cross over into our promises without fear that sin is going to have to hinder us. Now, praise the Lord, Tem we, though temptation comes, we have power to resist through Jesus, hallelujah. We've been made righteous, we've been made clean, and it's, it's a beautiful picture, I think, of uh, the new covenant. But as you look at it as an actual miracle, this is really significant. The, can you imagine the, the priests dipping their feet in the edge of this swollen, flooded river and immediately for, to a long way back, it says here, um, uh, uh, the waters which were flowing down from above stood and rose up in one heap a great distance away at Adam. And so it rolled all the way back to Adam, hallelujah. And the, the ground was dry and the whole nation crossed over. And it's quite extraordinary. And then um, it says here in chapter four, now when all the nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them saying, take up for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you and lay them down in the lodging place where you'll lodge tonight. So Joshua called the 12 men of whom he appointed from the sons of Israel, one man for each tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross again uh, to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan, and each of you take up a stone on his shoulder. So it's a big stone. The, the, the priests are still standing there with the ark on their shoulders. The waters are still heaped up a long way away. It's still dry ground on the riverbed. And they're told, okay, now go back and pick up a big stone on your shoulder and take it back to the place where you're lodging. Then it says here in... Um, Verse 20, those 12 stones which they'd taken from the Jordan, Joshua set up at Gilgal. He said to the sons of Israel, when your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall inform your children, saying, Israel crossed this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed, just as the Lord God had done to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we crossed. That all the people of the earth 
may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty so that you may fear the Lord your God forever. This is why I love memorial stones. Can you imagine seeing this pile of stones in the um, Museum of the Bible uh, helped me get a picture of it. These aren't small stones. These are little pebbles. These are big stones that they had to carry on their shoulder. And they had them all piled up on top of each other, 12 stones, one for each of the tribes of Israel. And they were told, every time you walk past that and your children ask you, hey, Dad, what's that all about? You can say, well, that is to remember when God was faithful to cause us to be able to cross over into the promised land on dry ground. And just as he rolled back the sea in the uh, crossing of the Red Sea and delivered us from Pharaoh, God brought us across the Jordan River on dry ground by his power. That the whole world, it says, will know of his power, his goodness, and his faithfulness. You know, I love, love this story because for me, I, I look at that and think, I can learn from this. That the Bible tells us that we're not to remember the former things. In fact, I was reading that today in Isaiah and it blessed me to remember, praise the Lord, I don't have to, um, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Thank you, God. I don't have to be struggling and worrying about the things of the past. And when I have repented of my sin, if I've confessed my sin, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. He doesn't even remember my sin. He says he makes no mention of past sins. So I've been set free, I've been made uh, clean. I have no business recalling past sins. And he tells us to forgive one another as he forgave us. If he forgives and he doesn't mention it again, he asks us to do the same thing. So we haven't got a right to be replaying continually the things that people have done to us, but we've got to let it go, hallelujah, I'll do my frozen, let it go, let it go, and, and let it go, just as God gives us that same forgiveness, not even remembering our past sins. So praise the Lord, we're not supposed to remember the bad stuff, the, the, um, the wounds and the pain. He says but, uh, that we're not to remember our sins anymore, we've got to Trust God and to align our thinking with his thinking. If he doesn't remember your sin anymore, you don't need to be bringing it up and reminding yourself and beating yourself up with it anymore. Hallelujah. You are not defined by what you've done. You are defined by your faith in Jesus that makes all things new. Hallelujah. His mercies are new every morning. The past is gone. Thank you, God. Forgiven, cleansed. We've turned from our wicked ways and we've turned to the Lord and received his mercy. If you've sinned, repent, ask for mercy, receive the grace of God. And the Bible says you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. So there's lots of things we're not supposed to remember. But the Lord does want us to feed on his faithfulness. The Psalms tell us that we're to dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. That is, 
you and I are allowed to have memorial stones. In fact, we're not just allowed to, we are encouraged to talk with one another about the testimonies of Jesus, the good things that he's done. Hi friends, for so many years I lived with condemnation, frustrated that I didn't fully measure up. Then the Holy Spirit began to reveal the truth that I was loved, set free, and defined by the performance of Jesus, not by my good works. Such a basic truth, but I didn't really understand it. Let me help you fully grasp the goodness of God and how He's designed us to live supernaturally as new creations. Imagine if you were truly supernaturally free from sin and shame, free to follow the desires that God's placed in your heart. In my new book, Supernatural Freedom, I give you simple keys to unlock the freedom that you were designed to live in every day. When God opened the Red Sea, He did it again in the crossing over of the Jordan. God will do it again for us and for others when we talk about His goodness, when we feed on His faithfulness, hallelujah. Just as David would say I, when he was facing Goliath, he remembered, I remember when God gave me power to overcome the lion. I remember, I, I remember the details. I grabbed it by its beard and I slew it by the power of God. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be just like that because God is with us. And in the same way, your memorial stones, your um, your things that you remember that God did and the things you talk about and remember are powerful when you're facing difficult circumstances again. And so I, um, I was this week, I was looking at my computer and a sign came up that says, your storage is almost full, your disk is almost full. And I'm like, oh dear, I, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm not particularly tech savvy. Um, so I clicked on something and it gave me all these options of things I could delete and that starting with the biggest things and they were of course um, film files. So I clicked on the first one and I saw oh, all these testimonies we'd filmed that I had completely forgotten about. There was one there of a beautiful uh, gentleman in Florida. Um, he was in a meeting and I called for testimonies to come uh, of people who'd been healed. And he came out and he was testifying about how he had neuralgia and terrible pain. He'd come in with a cane and he came out without his cane saying, all the pain's gone. And then he pulled up the pant leg of his pants and he pulled them up and said, when I came in here also, I had terrible varicose veins all the way through my, my legs. And he said, look, they've completely disappeared. And he, uh, he was walking without his cane, without any pain, and all his varicose veins, which were gonna need an operation, had disappeared, praise the Lord. And I looked at that and went, oh, that's a memorial stone. I was so encouraged. And you know, when we write things down, and, and it can be big things or little things, but things that were significant to you, demonstrations of God's power and his reality and his truth, when we write them down in a journal, for example, we can touch it, we can go there, we can open up a physical book and go, I remember when. And we can encourage ourselves in the Lord. 
We can strengthen ourselves by feeding on his faithfulness, by remembering and looking at these memorial stones. I've got lots and lots of photographs uh, of miracles and looking at them deliberately and intentionally just amazes me. And then I have some other physical things that are memorial stones. For example, when I was in Korea, oh, several years ago, um, a beautiful lady who had lost her hearing completely when she was six years old, uh, she was now in her 40s or 50s, um, the Lord touched her and completely opened her ear and she was so excited that she came back a few days later and she's a, a famous artist in, in Korea and she brought me this beautiful painting to remember and it was interesting, the painting she'd done was actually the same as the cover of the book, uh, translated my book, uh, Living in the Miraculous, that they translated into Korean. The cover looked very much like this painting. But she, she gave me this and I had to, she had to get, I had to get permission to even bring it out of the country. Um, and she, she said, I want you to remember the power of God that he healed my ear, he opened my deaf ear. And so this hangs in my hallway and every time I walk past, I remember, thank you, God. You are a God of miracles. Hallelujah. It's a memorial stone for me. And then this beautiful thing here was a gift given to me, also in Korea, um, where a young lady had come. She was just in her early 20s. She'd come for prayer, hearing this testimony and thinking she was born deaf and had no hearing in one ear, completely deaf. And she came for prayer and I went to pray for her and she didn't get healed. Admittedly, um, it was at the end of a meeting where I was um, very tired and I didn't, I didn't feel like I had much faith and I prayed for her and nothing happened. So I was discouraged. Then I went uh, about three hours uh, north to another city um, I went from Daejeong, I think, to uh, Seoul. And uh, sh sure enough, she lived in Seoul and she had traveled back and heard that I was ministering there again and came forward to try again, to ask God to heal her and open her deaf ear. Well, um, I, I prayed and I asked the Lord, Lord, thank you for your power. And I didn't lay hands on anybody. I just had a word of knowledge. God was gonna open a deaf ear. And sure enough, bang, her deaf ear completely opened up. And she was so excited. She ran home to tell her father and um, she was uh, sending messages saying, I can listen to my phone on both ears now. And, and she was so excited. And her father came back the following night to the meeting and he worked in the Blue House, uh, which is like the White House in America. The Blue House is what they have in Korea. And they brought me this beautiful gift from the Blue House where he works. And um, he, he said, I wanna give you this gift. I think he um, was, I, I don't remember what his, his role was there, but this is beautiful cups and saucers and teaspoons um, imprinted with the Blue House on them, which is really beautiful. And I love nice china, very nice. Have my cup of tea, hallelujah. But for me, this is more than just a gift, it's a memorial stone. Because when I look at it and I see the blue house, I remember that girl. And I remember 
God. I didn't do that. God did that. And God who did that will do it again. Hallelujah. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to remind you of the great works of God that have been done through your life and that things that he's done for you, whether big or small. You know, when I first started out in ministry or before I was ever ministering, when I, I first really got hungry for God, I, I remember, I would remember some of the, the things that God did for me. He, when I was just 14, I had severed a nerve to my thumb through a compound fracture where the two bones had come through my skin and severed a nerve so I couldn't bend my thumb like this. And in a Ralph Wilkerson meeting in Brisbane, he told everybody, put, the hand, put your hand on the part of your body that needs healing. And he just prayed. And then he said, do something you couldn't do before. And sure enough, I began to move my thumb. And the specialist said, that's, that's impossible. But praise the Lord, uh, all things are possible. And praise the Lord, uh, we sold the trampoline that I had my accident on and bought a piano. And I needed to be able to bend my thumb to be able to play the piano and become a music teacher, praise the Lord. So he makes all things work for good. But I would remember things like that, but then I would also feed on other people's testimonies. I would go on YouTube and I'd watch every Catherine Kuhlman testimony I could get my hands on, every A.A. Allen or John G. Lake, Smith Wigglesworth, Amy Semple McPherson, anything I could see of a miracle, I wanted to see it because I wanted to feed on the faithfulness of God, knowing that if I fed my spirit with the goodness of God, if I was allowing other people to tell me about his faithfulness and what he did, then I could receive a grid for faith to believe that he would do it again for me and through others in future generations. This is the power of memorial stones. God wants us to, I believe, steward our history with God. I have journals dating back to when I was 12 years old and I'm not particularly studious journaler, but I would write down significant things that the Lord had done. I, I take every prophetic word, and I even, <laughs> you might find this funny, but I even take encouragements uh, that people have sent me via text message or email, and I transcribe them into my journal so that when I'm having a down day, I go back and I look at, oh, that was a nice text that, that that person sent, that was really encouraging. Thank you, Lord, oh, I received, thank you, Lord. I thank you for that encouragement. I thank you, Lord, just as you bless them, God, you're gonna bless others. And, and I, I write these things down, and I wanna encourage you to begin to keep a record of the things the Lord does for you. They may not be big, notable miracles, but they may be for you so significant. I remember one of the first things I wrote in my, um, as a memorial stone in one of my little journals, in my first little journal really, um, I wrote about when I had trouble um, coming home from school and mum had put a new lock on the door, new deadlocks, and I had to get the, I came home from school and she wasn't home and I had to get the key from under the paper bin, because in those days we had paper bins, a big, paper bin, I'd get the, the key out from underneath and I tried to open this door 
And I could not make that thing work. I tried and I tried and I tried till I was just about in tears. And it was just soon after I had really found the Lord as my savior. And I, I got to the place where, oh, I could not make this thing work. And so I prayed, Lord, please help me open this door. Please open the door for me. And click, the door opened. And I remember walking in and getting on my knees downstairs and just worshiping God, saying, thank you, God, you opened the door. Thank you for opening the door for me, God. And I wrote it in my little journal. Well, years later, when I uh, first started ministering, I was in the US and I was in a, a church meeting where I didn't know any of the songs, and I, but I was worshiping God. And I was troubled because someone had said, oh, you're just opening your own doors and you're doing this. And, and I, I was like, oh God, I don't wanna do that. I don't wanna be opening my own doors. I don't wanna. And, and I, as I was wrestling with this thought and talking to him, I heard the Lord remind me of that day that he opened the door for me. And I saw a picture of it. And as I was rem remembering this memory, I heard the voice of the Lord and he said, Catherine, I'm still opening doors for you. And you know, again, I fell to my knees and worshiped God. Now to me, that was a major miracle. To others, that may not be anything. But for me, it was a memorial stone. And God wants to take the memorial stones in our lives and use them to not only encourage us, but to empower us to demonstrate his glory and his goodness to the whole world. When we, we're not to keep quiet about the miracles of God. He wants us to testify to his goodness. I know when I start sharing a testimony about someone getting healed, I get people's attention. They immediately start listening in carefully because everyone is wired to want to know the true and living God, who is not just a philosophy, but one who genuinely loves us and has power to intervene in our circumstances and do miracles.